What happens when your parents call their newest aging actor and best friend for Medicare insurance and support? Or they switch plans and are now stuck with an unexpected additional $12,000 monthly medical care bill? Or when mom simply stops paying her Medicare insurance bill just because she forgot, or better yet, she thinks she's paid enough into the system already? You might be surprised. Welcome to Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, where we explore ways to relieve the stress, exhaustion, and overwhelm that we all face in caring for an aging parent, frail spouse, or partner. Fear, frustration, emotional and financial strain does not have to be your MO. Stay tuned as we dive into different and new ways of finding more joy together with those that we love and care for and while keeping our feet solid on the ground. Hang tight, there is a better road ahead. Hello, everybody. This is Nancy May once again at Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And my guest today is Wendy Allegart. Wendy is a New York native, but she's been traveling around the world on doing a lot of different things, most recently out in Oregon, I believe. Right, Wendy? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I lived in Portland for a while. Back to New York. She is a licensed healthcare insurance agent with a passion for helping healthcare customers deal with Medicare issues and options. And it's a complicated issue. We've, we all know that, even if we're not at that age. But what's really interesting about Wendy, besides her expertise in the insurance and the health market, the Medicare market, is that she's also a trained actor and a storyteller and an educator, an educator at heart. Her passion really is about simplifying the whole process where, I, you know, I have to say that even before we go on, I've got friends who are some of the smartest most talented senior level executives worldwide that live here in the States. And when they come to this point, either themselves or spouse or family member, they're like, I don't know what to do. How do I read this stuff? I'm like, wait a second. You're a lawyer. You're a CEO. You're a chief financial officer. You're a CTO. And you don't get this stuff. Can't you read? (laughs) And if not, you know, they, there's somebody like you who's out there trying to, I'm not saying this is you, but you have seen everybody and their uncle out there who is in some of this part of the market, just try to sell whatever they can. And right. that's, right. that's also not a great thing either. Right. So Wendy, why don't you sort of, excuse me? It doesn't simplify anything. No, you make it more complicated. So let's just jump into some of the basics because it's a complicated, it starts at 65, right? You have to sign up before you're 65. Right. So that's a great starting place. And to add to, it's not quite so cookie cutter. So Medicare, it's the closest thing we have to socialized medicine. It's a federal government program. Medicare was created by President Johnson as part of the Great Society. It's been around for over 50 years. When you go on to Medicare, it means the government's paying 80% of the medical bill, whether that's a hospital or a doctor or an outpatient. It's got certain parameters. And then the consumer pays 20%. When people go to Medicare depends. Some people go on Medicare under the age of 65 because they've been ill and they qualify for Medicare if they've been on Social Security for two years or more. Social Security disability. Okay. So this is social security disability. It's not considered a Medicare disability. Right. Well, Medicare is the benefit, right? Right. Medicare is the benefit. Exactly. Social security is the application for social security disability. Mm-hmm. If you qualify and you're on it for longer than 24 months, it doesn't matter your age. 
you could be 20. If you're on social security disability for longer than 24 months, you get automatically put on a Medicare card. And people sometimes are very confused by that. So that's an important distinction. The classic example about a Medicare enrollee is I'm turning 65 and that is an automatic switch over to Medicare, but more and more people are working past the age of 65. So if somebody's employed by Intel or some big company or they're a lawyer and they have their own insurance through group, not through the Affordable Care Act, not through the health insurance marketplace, but through a group employer plan, you can opt to not go on to Medicare. You can delay the enrollment. Is that something that's encouraged or a benefit? The corporations would say, if I can get you off my plan. (laughs) That's a huge saving. But that saves discrimination. So corporations are actually not allowed to do that. Really? Okay. Yeah, you're not allowed, unless you're in a very small company, just in big, broad strokes. Technically, big companies are not allowed to knock on your door in your office and say, "You're, you're turning 65, let's get you enrolled into Medicare. They're not allowed to. So it's your choice. And a lot of people will call me and say, I still work, I'm 65, I've heard about Medicare, what are my options? And sometimes people stay on group coverage, sometimes people don't once they realize the benefits of their Medicare platform. Sometimes people will continue to work, but they will go to Medicare. It's about comparing the benefits, right? Or Medicare can be their primary and maybe the corporate can be the supplementary or something. No, it would be be the, the other way. So if you're at a big job, right, you're Intel, and you have a policy and you decide to enroll into Medicare, Medicare would be secondary to the group coverage. Ah, okay. It's a conversation piece. There are a lot of nuances to it, but just in the simple answer, when do you enroll in Medicare? That's up to the consumer. If they're 65 and older, they're older than 65, you can continue on group coverage if you think it's the better plan for you. You had mentioned just in the early part of our conversation about the whole social security disability. Somebody is now on Medicaid and then they're being told they have to go to Medicare, which is just the opposite of, is there something that can happen? Like all of a sudden you're on Medicaid and you get kicked off because your income goes up or something else happens. How does, how does that work? Yeah. And so there are just parameters to enrollment periods. So not to Medicaid is Medicaid. Right. It's for a lower income individual. Right. But often if somebody's really sick, they're not working a heck of a lot. Right. Right. So they have a social security disability check and it's not much. Right. More than likely they qualify for state Medicaid and they're under 65. right? Right. So that's appropriate. It's just if you're sick over two year period, you will be automatically routed to Medicare. And at that point, Medicare is your primary insurance and maybe Medicaid is going to continue. Maybe it's not. It is a complicated dynamic. Things change. I had a call from one woman last year. She was the authorized representative. She was the healthcare proxy for her son. So she's a caregiver for her 35-year-old son. And she's like, I don't know what he has. And I keep getting these letters and I thought maybe you could help. And it was one of those stories where he had been put onto Medicare and already an automatically assigned Medicare because he'd been on social security for two years or longer. And they just missed all that stuff. They don't pay attention to the mail comes in. He's not really using insurance all that much. So they didn't 
they didn't pay attention. It's pretty common <laughs> for people just to get lost in their in the system. There are two aspects here to talk about, and we'll talk about them just at a, a top level, because I know this is a long conversation, actually, from an individual, and every's, everybody's situation is different. Exactly. There may be commonalities across the line, but for any of the listeners, they have to understand either themselves or a parent may have a little bit more complexity to some of the levels that we're discussing. Yep. However, beyond ourselves, mom and dad have, let's say, you know, the mom and dad are older, we're taking care of them, they are on Medicare, or they have Medicaid, but we're going to deal with Medicare. And then all of a sudden, you have to start figuring out what plan they're on, how that's being taken care of so that there aren't what I call the gotchas or the WTF moments from right. <laughs> after they've been in the hospital. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's not covered. You know, one prime example might be, say, you know, mom has a heart attack, the hospital locally can't take care of it, and they decide to medevac her out to another specialty hospital. Whether that helicopter flight will actually be covered is a whole nother story that may become a problem and is financially expensive to have something like that happen. So how do we even understand where our parents are and what's covered and get ourselves engaged in in the current situation with mom and dad? And that's a great story. That's actually a great narrative to bring up. There are a couple of answers to the, the couple of pieces to the answer. A starting point, and I do get phone calls from children who say, I have no idea what my father has. Right. Can you help me figure it out? And the answer is yes. There's some phone calls that can be made. I ask people to go get documents and we, or they get their parents' approval. You know, there are different steps to take. If they're not the legal healthcare proxy, that's step one. So just make sure that you're the legal healthcare proxy first. Yeah, you're a power of attorney. Power of attorney. You're the right. healthcare power of attorney. Um, if you want me to talk to you directly without bringing your parent on the line. Mm -hmm. So that's myself. I had that proxy, that, that responsibility. Sometimes somebody would say, is your father there? Sure. They can, and they can write a letter. They can write an email. I'll send an email out and say, please just have your, your father sign this. Right. But I mean, but it, it is important to protect people's privacy and Medicare is extremely is extremely protective of the consumer. So even children who say, I'm just trying to get some information, I legally am not really to die. I, I can give you basic info, but I can't talk about somebody unless you qualify. But verbally, you get dad on the phone to say, right. this is my daughter, Nancy, and please give her any information that she needs to help That's right. with you, this. You can do that case by case for that one phone call. So I do encourage people if a parent's declining, to look into healthcare power of attorney, it can be a great way to, you know, navigate, speaking of the what the F moments, right? Right. And that should happen well before you even get to that hopefully, point. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I've helped people do shotgun healthcare POA. And as an agent, I'll say, I have this lawyer, you know, it needs to be certified. But if you need the help, I can be a resource for you and get you to an attorney who can do that. Great. So that's step one. But basically what you're talking about is a discovery process. And I do that whether I'm talking to the child or I'm talking to a family member or I'm talking to the consumer. There's just a chat. It's just a conversation. How are you doing? What kind of coverage do you have now? What would you like to change? What do you love? If there's nothing broken, if there's no problem, I'm a firm believer in staying put. I'm going to back up a second. So mom and dad have Medicare, but I don't even know what they have. Part A, B, C, D, Z, whatever it is. 
You can look on their card or you can go with them into, is it healthcare.gov? You have parents and you say, I know my parents are on Medicare, but I don't know what they have. Right. Just even start there. Right. So the first step is, well, they have a Medicare insurance card. Can you pull that out? And it's a red, white, and blue card. Yep. It says at the top, Medicare insurance, and it will state what they have, part A and part B. And it will say their name. It will say their number and it will say the dates that we, they went on to Medicare. Great. So we know that much. Sometimes people's Medicare card will also say Part D for drugs. So that's part of the discovery process. The first step is, great, tell me about when they went on to Medicare. Do you have that card? If they don't have the card, we do a three-way call to Medicare. So it's not healthcare.gov, it's medicare.gov. Thank you. They look them up in the system and we can request a new card. There's also online access for people who are tech savvy. You can create an account and you can download a medical ID card from your online membership portal. I did that for my dad at one point. Yep. So that's the basic insurance of the world of Medicare. And so there are ways to do, to glean well, what else do they have? Because nobody sits under just traditional Medicare or original Medicare all alone. It's a financial risk. If in fact your parents are moving or have moved to a different location or facility, whatever, it is critical that you change the address on that card in the Medicare information so that they understand where everybody is. That's important, correct? It is. Yes. And you do that through social security. Right. And not everybody understands that. So you go into your social security account, you change the address, and it will automatically roll over to your Medicare. But that is important to keep everybody informed. Absolutely. And in fact, I get a lot of that often happens, especially after the pandemic. A lot of people, they were just people were just relocating. It was time for a change. People want to move to a different state. That changes an enrollment dynamic when you move out of a lo one location to another. You're not only permitted, you really need to mostly change your insurance plan, whether that's your prescription coverage or it's a Medicare Advantage a good way to start the ball rolling and to expedite the process is to change your address with Social Security so that when I do an application, Medicare already sees the new address in the system. Otherwise, it takes a few more days. We've got there. We now have a card. We understand A, B, or D, or all of the above. And then how do we understand what's covered or not? Is there sort of a general blanket understanding of what Medicare covers Absolutely. There's a Medicare Bible that comes out every year. It's called Medicare and You, and it is a Bible. <laughs> it's, you, know, <laughs> you can order it, you can go to it online, and most people would prefer to, I don't know, eat frozen peas all day long than sit there with Medicare and You and see what's covered. But sure, the benefits are either you can go to Medicare.gov and you can read up on what Medicare does, you can get the Medicare and You book, but absolutely, it's available for consumer reading. I think they need an audible version for those who just don't want right. to sit there and listen to it. You yeah. can work out. Well, whatever. I think that's what an agent is. We're the audible. Yeah, you're the audible version <laughs> of, we're the voice of you know, <laughs> Medicare and You. Oh my God. Yeah. Bedtime reading. <laughs> right, right. So bedtime reading. But that's the first step. And then we get into choices. Part of this is what an agent is doing. I'm an independent broker, so right. I'm a business owner. I have 1099 contracts with various insurance companies, and I'm licensed in multiple states. So I can help people, and I have done Medicare for a long time. 
consistently. I'm trained consistently every year to maintain my license and to maintain a relationship with insurance companies. So I'm ready to talk about what are your options. I'm going to stop you right there. You talk about your options on Medicare, or are we talking about options on supplemental insurance? So again, just to simplify the conversation, Mm -hmm. the first step is you need to be on Medicare. Right. So it's selecting which parts of Medicare you're on. So the first step is the requirement to go on to Medicare when you're ready to be in the Medicare system and you're getting your insurance through Medicare is it's a requirement. You're going to enroll in parts A and B. That's automatic. Well, you've got to sometimes you have to actively apply, right? right? It's automatic if you're on Social Security. So just to clarify, I'm 65 years old, or I'm 64 and a half, and I've already started to collect, so not disability insurance, but I'm collecting my social security retirement check, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm already on social security benefits. I will automatically get a Medicare card about three to four months before my 65th birthday. So I don't have to apply. It just comes. If you are collecting social security. Got it. Okay. So that's the first. A lot of people at 64 and a half at this point in time are not, which means you must go to Social Security and you must apply for your Medicare card. Thank you for clarifying that. Whether or not you're going to collect Social Security, when you apply for Medicare, you go to socialsecurity.gov and you say, do you want Medicare benefits only? You check, yes, I do. And you will go through an application process for Medicare Part A, which is hospitalization, and Part B. So that's the baseline of insurance, right? And Part B is covering the doctors. Doctors, outpatient surgeries, chemo drugs. Got it. It's medical. So the card itself will say Part A, hospitalization. And then Part B, is in boy, is medical. And again, to go back to your point, Nancy, about, well, how do I see what's covered where? Mm-hmm. Medicare and you clearly outlines what's covered under Part A, and it clearly outlines what's covered under Part B. But this is what benefits advisors are all about. So that part's not that complicated. Well, yeah. I mean, it's reading through the material. I don't know if I would say it's not that complicated. Some people find it very complicated, but you're not buying anything in the sense that you don't go to a broker and go, I need to know my Medicare. It's Medicare. That's the federal government program. I had a call yesterday. She's turning 65 in July. Mm Mm-hmm. I gave her the outline for the application process to get to Medicare. And I said, you know, and I'm going to put your name down on my calendar and I'll follow up with you. Let me know when you apply. I sent her an outline of how to apply. And then I said, we're going to talk maybe six weeks before your 61st birthday to talk about the next piece, which is what you were referring to. What private insurance policy do I want? Do I want a supplement? which is going to be one type of private medical insurance helping those on Medicare, Mm -hmm. or do I want a Medicare Advantage plan? Also private, 
those are two choices that those on Medicare have to spend some time evaluating. Am I going to enroll in Medicare and then sign up for a Medicare supplement policy? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to enroll in Medicare and then get a Medicare Advantage plan. Completely different options. So explain the difference between the two, the supplement versus the Advantage plan. So they're both private. Okay. Pick an insurance company, Aetna, United Healthcare, Humana. These are two products. One is a supplement. Someone goes on to a supplement, they are going to buy it. It's got a monthly cost. It's got mm-hmm. a premium. And it is supplementing original Medicare, your A and B. So let's just go back to Medicare for a moment, okay? When you go on to Medicare, people will say, what is this going to cost me and what's covered? Medicare is an insurance policy, meaning it's got a monthly cost. Medicare Part B has a premium and it's income-based. So based on income, it could be a certain amount. And based on another income, it'll be another amount. It fluctuates based on income. Part A typically doesn't have a monthly cost, but there's cost to it. There's co-insurance, there's co-payments. When you go on Medicare, traditional Medicare, and you say, I like this coverage, this is what I need, and I want to supplement, it's a very powerful form of insurance. So traditionally, Part A and B, when you're on that, the government is paying, in simple terms, they're paying 80% of the bill. Mm -hmm. It's a big chunk. It's a very big chunk. But some big expenses, 20% of a heart attack is also a big chunk. That's correct. Nobody should think that just being on original Medicare without any kind of extra assistance is a good idea for very long. And I've talked to people who found out the hard way. I had a client who had a heart attack and did not get anything other than original Medicare. And he was out about 30 grand. Ooh, and hospital, if you talk to any hospital administrator, I remember having a conversation with a former president of Yale, the New Haven Health System, and she said the most expensive times of life in the hospital system of care is the beginning when you're born, mm. birth issues happen, right? And at the end, the last part of life, everything in between they can handle pretty much. But the cost of getting old is expensive. Well, getting old is expensive. Getting sick is expensive. And I actually literally this week, I talked to two people who are in their 60s. I would, I'm 56. I wouldn't think of them as terribly old, right. who found out that they had advanced cancer. Oof. So getting sick is expensive. So back to Medicare does charge people And that's why I really hone in on that. And I'll say it's a very good idea about three months before you're going to go to Medicare, whether that's because you're retiring, whether that's because you're turning 65, you really want to talk to someone, whether that's an agent, I'm a broker, you can call me, or they're volunteer organizations. There's something called State Health Insurance Programming SHIP. It's available in every state. They're volunteers. You can Google that. And they're volunteers. They're not agents. They're not trying to sell people anything, but they're people to go talk to and look at the options and understand the option, right? That's extremely important. So when people go on to Medicare, we want to reduce financial risk. Medicare supplements are secondary plans. That means you have your A and B card, and then you have a policy that will pick up the 20% that you're responsible for. It's a second policy it defers to Medicare coverage. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful. They're actually standardized policies. They're listed by letter of alphabet. 
I don't know what genius thought that was a good idea, but you'll hear people say, I have Medicare parts A and B, and I have a plan G, right? plan N. So that's a supplement. And they're extremely useful for the consumer who wants a bank account. They want their medical co-pays paid for. They do not want to have to deal with hospital bills. If you pay your monthly premium to a good supplement, you're not going to have great risk financially for a major medical concern, hospitalizations, surgeries, cancer scares, things like that. I have a couple of questions for you now that we sort of have a basic understanding of what's going on towards the end of the year where you're supposed to make that, that you can make those changes in your, in your policy and your plans, that window, I guess it's like from October to January 1st or so. I just also wanted to make sure we got back and talked about the difference of an advantage plan versus a supplement. Okay. Thank you. Let's talk about the advantage plan. And then, and then we can talk about enrollment periods because it ties in. So that's a supplement world and supplement means it's supplementing what Medicare does. Great. And it's missing things. Medicare part A and B does not cover prescriptions. Medicare uh, doesn't really touch and Bernie Sanders has been really vocal about this. Medicare part A and B doesn't do dental. They don't mm. do vision. So Medicare is missing things. The big thing that I think it's missing is a cap on your expenses. So we just talked about that. Medicare covers 80% and expects a consumer to cover 20. Well, 20% of a cancer scare can really wipe you out. Sure. So a supplement will put a stopgap. Basically, by buying a supplement, you're reducing your financial risk to just really your monthly premium quite frankly, Mm -hmm. if you buy the stronger one. And then you get a D plan or a drug plan as a secondary policy to go with that. Let's say someone says, and people say this to me all the time, oh my God, that's so complicated. That's three plans and I don't want to be so fussy. And I don't know, it's more money than I thought I'd have to spend. The premium is getting higher. I don't want to do that. What else can I do? There is a product line that's private, Again, Humana, United, and pick an insurance company. The big, the big names, right? Well, not just big names. It could be a smaller company, Providence in Oregon, right? I mean, mm-hmm. insurance carriers in general, Cigna, they all, pretty much all of them are going to offer Medicare product coverage because there are a lot of baby boomers out there. This is big business for them. Right. But Medicare Advantage plans are not supplementing traditional Medicare They are private versions of Medicare. So they're third party. The federal government no longer is paying your claim, but the private insurance carrier is. But they are Medicare. They're called Medicare Advantage plans. When you're on one, you could put your original Medicare card in a drawer. You don't use it. You don't present it at the doctor. You have to be enrolled in it but you will use a Medicare Advantage plan and it's your primary insurance card. Why is that powerful? They're low monthly premiums. In fact, sometimes there's zero. Sometimes really, okay. The classic term is a $0 Medicare Advantage plan, meaning there's no monthly premium. Again, you have to be on Medicare and Medicare Part B for the average person is $170 in January, 2022. You have Mm -hmm. to pay that to qualify for an Advantage plan. But they're low-costing monthly. They often include prescription drugs, and they add value by doing that. So they cover all of Medicare A and B, and then they often have prescription drugs included on the roster of coverage. And then they start adding value like 
They give people uh, no-cost gym memberships. They oh, the silver sneakers and things like that. Silver sneakers, Renew Active for United Healthcare. There are different product lines for gym memberships. Silver and Spit out on the West Coast. So there are different companies that do that. They also, many of them, have now started to add a certain amount of help for dental and vision. So why would somebody not sign up for this? Well, people have their preferences. Private insurance or this. And private insurance is going to cost you more, but is it going to cover, cover more? It's a great question. It really has to do with people's preferences of what they're looking for in their insurance. Some people are very much about, I want to pay my monthly premium and I don't. I want to put my head on the pillow and I don't want to worry about a hospital bill. Got it. That's a supplement. Medicare Advantage plans are inexpensive monthly, most of them, some of them are a little more, but most of them are going to be much less monthly than a supplement. And then they charge you a copay when you use your coverage. Okay. So there's still some payment. You're just spreading out the cost of that in a different way. That's right. One insurance product line is pay upfront. Mm -hmm. Another product line is pay as you go. Got it. That's very helpful to understand. Yeah, and most of us are used to the pay as you go. We all that's what we have at jobs. We pay our company, they take some money out of our paycheck. I have a deductible of 1500, then the policy covers 70-80% and then my max out of pocket is 6000 annually. Medicare Advantage plans are in that kind of venue. Mm-hmm. You have a copay, they are subsidized. What I often get in my, when I'm doing this analysis and I talk about them, sometimes I'll get someone who's just like, oh God, no, I don't want an advantage plan. And I'm like, really? Do you even know what it is? <laughs> I've heard terrible stories. I'm like, well, tell me about Doctor, the story. Doctor, take it. The hospital is going to reject me. Right, right. Because it's going to cost me more at the end of my, the stay. Right, at the end of the day, it's much more. It depends. And I always say, look, I have seen people frustrated on supplements. I have seen people frustrated on advantage plans. I have seen people very satisfied on supplements. I've seen people extremely satisfied on advantage plans. There is no one answer. It keeps my job really interesting, you know, because I'm here to help people. You're the puzzle Rubik's Cube solver, right? Yes, I am. And why do people like Advantage plans? Well, they're managed care policies. So we're we're familiar, probably your audience knows the terms PPO or HMO or variations thereof. They're different directories. Medicare Advantage plans are policies that will have a directory of doctors and hospitals, and it's big companies, United, Humana. Some of those plans will actually be national coverage. They're, they're powerful. But you must use those doctors on that plan, correct? Right. When, pe- when people say that, it sounds kind of, you have to see doctors under original Medicare. You can't see a doctor on right. Medicare if they don't take Medicare. So it's the same kind of conversation. And some don't. Some don't. About 96% of the doctors in the United States accept traditional Medicare. That's from the Kaiser Foundation, 93 to 96%. It's still a big number. But you can find yourself in situations where doctors don't accept it. Where they stop it. My parents were at a primary care doctor at one point who just decided to stop taking Medicare altogether. And like, well, I guess we're finding a new doctor. That's right. I want to also just to go back to Advantage plans and the directories for a moment. Often, doctors prefer to get paid by 
Medicare Advantage plans versus original. It just depends on where you're living, quite frankly. So it, it might be a bit of an exaggeration to say a doctor prefers it. But some of the larger insurance companies like United Healthcare or Aetna or Humana or Regents, mm-hmm. the directories are typically not a problem. Right. They're vast. They are big. So I have yet to find people at and at odds with plans because nobody's accepting the coverage, right? Sure. That that's typically that's kind of an outdated opinion. They're definitely newer than supplements. Supplements came onto the market maybe about ten years prior to an Advantage plan even existing, so they're a little less known. But they've come on like gangbusters over the past five to six years. So. A lot of them run neck and neck. It just varies on what somebody's looking for. I guess I want to highlight that. That's really the biggest piece of the pie. I don't recommend people be cynical about any idea related to the product line until you really get in there and evaluate what's important. Okay. So I want I want to just move a little quickly here towards this next part. Sure. And we'll probably have to have another show. <laughs> However, <laughs> you know, there's because it's a complicated issue. Yeah. There's the sign up time. Enrollment period. Yeah. Enrollment period, which is when you can change your plan or your policy, correct? Right. So there there are various enrollment periods throughout the year. So first is when you first go on to Medicare. That's one enrollment period. Before 65 or at 65. Right. That's right. You're retiring. That's that's a special enrollment period. And you're coming off your group plan. That's a designated enrollment period. What you're referring to, Nancy, is an annual enrollment period. The marketing for it starts October 1st. Right. And it goes through December 7th. So the cutoff to make a change is December 7th for January 1 coverage. This is what I wanted to get into a little bit because we all see the advertisements from Tom Selleck to Henry Winkler and whoever else. Right. And they're trying to be our best friends. And unless you've got one of those gigantic wall televisions, you can't read the fine print, (laughs) which I I mean, I'm going to be serious, right? Yeah. You can't read the fine print. And God forbid if you you or your parents read, you know, have glasses and forget it. You can't see anything. But if you do look, because I've tried to look, and you can't put it on pause. You know, this is uh, this is um, uh, this is not you know direct solicitation by Medicare or Medicaid. This is you know blah blah blah. You know, there's a you know you're going to a call center, which is going to somebody else. Right. So you know, basically, Henry and Tom, I'll call them Hank and Tom, since they're my best friends now, and. <laughs> <laughs> who are, um, geez, I you know, wish I'd known that we were so close of <laughs> family to begin with, yeah. are trying to help me make the best decision for myself and my family or wherever it is to call these strangers who don't know two hoots about me right. so that they can get my, my money, <laughs> for like a better thing, right? They're switching the policy over, which may or may not be good for me. Right. Now, what happens if I've decided or a parent decides that they make this call because they're been, they've been panicked and all of a sudden they feel they can save thousands of dollars and they're going to get better coverage and they, they get rooked, I'll use the term, yeah, right. <laughs> into switching policy that ends up costing them more, not giving them the coverage they need, not giving the help and support that they need. They're stuck, though, or are they not stuck? 
That's a great question. So the answer is... This is big business. That's huge business if they're doing these national advertisements for that. Right. Like every five minutes. Right. right? No, it, yes, it's huge business. So just to clarify, this leads me back to don't do that, right? Don't pick up the phone because of an ad. Talk to a local person, really. Don't pick up because callers are waiting for you or uh, the, the, the audience is waiting for you now. <laughs> You've got five minutes. To you're roll. getting a sales team. That's not a bad thing. If you really know what you're doing and you're able to do it. I worked in a call center for years. I, I made a very nice living and I talked to America and I had repeat business because people knew I knew what I was talking about and I was honest and that's okay. And so there are a couple of things to just go over really quickly. And in answer to your question, people have to be savvy. So let's say that happens. And this happened actually happened to, but someone was referred to me. It was a client of mine and someone called me frantically one day and said, can you help my landlord? I think they've been scammed. Mm. And I was like, oh God, okay. And it turned out her landlord is 82 and he's the caregiver to a 79 year old spouse of like 65 years or something wonderful, totally devoted, who's on dialysis three days a week. And he did that. He was watching TV one day. And he saw this, you too may qualify. One of the big hooks is, you know, can I get a reduced Part B premium? Do I really have to pay 170 The fear of missing out. I mean, there are big psychological plays in this. Not that they're all bad, but there is the, that fear factor that they try and put in there. Right. And I'm paying a lot of money. And one person did. He saw an ad. He saw Tom Selleck. And he picked up the phone. And all of a sudden, he's talking to an agent for a big insurance company. Who's no longer and Tom. <laughs> Right. Who's no way? Where's Tom? I thought Tom was going to talk to Tom. (laughs) Right. I thought Tom was going to come over and have a cup of coffee. Right. So now he's talking to a sales rep from a big insurance company who shall be nameless in Colorado, who is doing her sales pitch. And the landlord and his wife are in what state? In Oregon. In Portland. Although Medicare is federal, we're still talking a federal plan versus a state, but they're subtleties, right? Well, he's on an inv- she's on an advantage plan. Okay. So she's in the Medicare world and she's been on what I talked about. She's been on one of the Medicare advantage plans that's offered in Portland and she's actually been on this Medicare advantage plan for like mm-hmm. 10 years. And it's a well-known company and so forth and so on. So they've been on something for a long time and he decides that he's going to make a switch because he's frustrated about something. And this person on the phone uses sales language like, well, it doesn't cost anything monthly, right? The Medicare Advantage plan. It's free. Well, no, she didn't say free. She said it didn't cost anything monthly. So I don't want to say that this person misrepresented what it was. What I want to emphasize is that this is language that's confusing and it wasn't appropriate to move this person, in my opinion, because of their medical condition. You want to be really careful because no policy is exactly the same unless you're in a supplement world, which is another story. But Advantage plans, every single one is slightly different. The co-pays are going to be slightly different the cost variation, they're different. So it's not appropriate to say this is exactly the same, which is language that she used. Okay. So lo and behold, he switches her and then finds out the hard way that it's not exactly the same. Mm. So he starts using the new coverage. With the same dialysis facility or whatever else he was using before. Right. He found out that he, that he had been misguided, right? And that something happened that was a disaster. So being 82, 
He just canceled it. So he had no insurance then? No, he has Medicare. So just to understand the system, if you cancel an Advantage plan, you still are paying into Medicare. Into the Medicare, yep. But going back to the idea that Medicare covers 80% of the bill and you cover 20, mm-hmm. 20% of dialysis is about $12,000 a month. Oof. So this is why they got me on the phone and I heard this story And you can escalate a call like that to Medicare. But you need the right partner to help you get there. Right. He didn't know he could do that. What he thought he would do is he would call back the first company and say, I made a mistake. I want my old insurance plan back. Well, he's not in an enrollment period. And they just said, sorry, sir, we can do this for January. So you see where we're going here. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, why I emphasize local, local, local or find a friend of the family, talk to people, talk to your neighbors. Who do you talk to, right? Who do you know? Talk to a financial advisor, talk to people. Don't just do 1-800-I-NEED-INSURANCE. It can be, if you're savvy, go ahead. But we're talking about the vulnerable. It's not like going to the grocery store and buying a can of soup. Right. (laughs) And fortunately, we got a very good rep on the phone at Medicare. We shared this story and she just kept saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. And we got her reinstated. It was a happy resolution. By the end of the day, they had been reinstated onto the original policy like they never left. I do have to say that I have spent time on the phone with the Medicare folks and they are exceptionally good. They are good. Typically, yeah. they're they're really very good. One particular case, there were some uh, some bills that my my mom at the time was going through early stage dementia hadn't paid, and I didn't realize it till I caught it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this has gone for how long? So I called, and they said, no problem. Send in the the check, make sure it's or the payment. It happens a lot. She will still be covered. Oh, thank and god. That was they were they were exceptionally kind and and helped in the situation just to make sure that it didn't turn into a disaster. Right. And and again, you know, that people will say, well, how do you call Medicare? There's only one website to go to. It's yeah. medicare.gov. Their phone number is right on there because it can be confusing. If you Google Medicare, you're going to get a whole bunch of call centers. You'll get a lot of URLs. Right. There's only one federal government website for Medicare and it's medicare.gov. Gov. Yep. So I know that there's a ton more that we can cover right now, but in in lieu of in lieu of time. going yeah. for the next five hours. Yeah. No. And <laughs> and I so appreciate the conversation. And and it's just that, right? You know, if anything, I can leave people who may be listening to this and say this is so confusing. Let's go with sort of like the three three to four major takeaways. One is okay. So the takeaways for looking at Medicare. The first one is give yourself a running start. If you're thinking about going on to Medicare or you know you're going to Medicare because you're 65 or you're thinking about it because you're thinking about retirement, give yourself a couple of months. Don't think you're going to do this over a long weekend. This is not a snap judgment decision. It's something that you have to understand your situation, what may happen down the road and how to take care of yourself properly at this point with coverage. Exactly. And there are rules and regulations. You got to do an application to Social Security. They are allowed to take up to two months with a Medicare application. So I get a lot of phone calls of people retiring and they're like, I filled out my Medicare request 
two weeks ago and I need insurance in two weeks. I'm like, oh. This is our government. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great system, but it just, it yeah, does. They're not going to ask. It, goes a long way. it can yeah. take a couple of months for you to get your card. So just be savvy. And that's why I say take a couple of months beforehand and really outline it. Know when you're going to do what. Find someone to talk to. You can go to a local agent. You can find me. You can go to a state health insurance plan meeting. They're volunteers. Nobody's selling anything. They're getting you the education you need to be ready. That's step one. Step two, really take a look at what your lifeline is like in terms of health costs and what you're prepared to spend monthly. Be ready in your mind about that so that you're not... So not just understand your own health situation, but you're understanding your own personal financial situation. That's right. So it's really a check-in on both sides. That's right. Right. Because when people say, I never use insurance, I'm like, yet. <laughs> right? It's going to happen right. at some point. Right. And thank goodness that's why we have insurance. That's right? right. And then I would say the other big takeaway is realize that... Nobody should be calling you. This is a big one. If you get phone calls and that people are soliciting, technically that's agents are allowed to pick up the phone and talk about supplements. I'm allowed to cons- call a consumer and say, hey, I understand that you're about to turn 65. I'm an agent in the area. Would you like to talk? But I find it intrusive. I don't do it. I don't cold call that much, really. I don't have to, fortunately. But just know that probably you're talking to somebody who's trying to sell and they may be fast talking you and you don't have to take that kind of call. They're focused on the transaction, not on solving the problems of the individual. That's right. So I just caution people from doing all of this. I do a lot of phone sales, but I'm going to say talk to people. Agents can do a Zoom call or find someone you trust. That's the biggest thing. Bring a notepad, ask questions. Ask for a simple linear format or process to follow. And if they can't explain it, chances are they don't understand it. That's right. That's what I would right. say. Or they're not that invested in you. There was sort of a running joke when I was in when I was working in a big organization, a big call center. Your first thing you would ask is when did you get your A and B card? Right? When were you on Medicare? Because I can't transact anything without it. And they would say, Oh, it's in process. And I would say, Okay, I'm gonna put you on my calendar in a month. I can't do anything now. But 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 and I'm like, nope. I really got to go. I got to talk. You know, I have a job and I'm the requirements. If people tried to dialogue, I would let them. But there would be a running joke. A lot of people would just hang up the phone because they're not ready to buy. So take your time and make sure that you're working with people who respect your time. I do that and I expect people to do that. And the other thing is get the book, get Medicare and you. Get a cup of coffee, read up on it, know your value. Maybe get a couple of espressos, double shots. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the other thing is look at it from the perspective of what doesn't it cover. So you were asking about what if it doesn't cover something? Medicare doesn't cover long-term care issues, like if you needed someone to help get you dressed, someone to help you eat. Five daily chores of live, home, living. Yeah, daily living yeah. activities, right. Home health aids. So know that stuff. I'm going to suggest that probably one of the easy things to do to start with, even before you get there, first of all, do everything that you just said, but even take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle and write everything on, on one side of all the things you're dealing with today that you need to consider. And then all of the things on the on the right-hand side, on the other side column, of all the things that could potentially happen down the road, not thinking fear and frustration and horrible things, right. but realistic things like understanding medical conditions, not driving, maybe needing some support at home or going to a care facility 
anything like that that might come into play that you would either look at yourself or you know a parent or somebody else that you're taking care of so that I hate to use the term worst case scenario but it's important to figure out if you couldn't if you couldn't lift the fork for yourself or somebody else couldn't what would you need Right. Yeah. And on that note, I'll, I want to make sure I really hone in on this. People who are listening might be going to Medicare and they may be healthy. And so they'll have an expectation. They'll say, well, I never signed up for prescriptions. I don't take them. I just want to hone in on that for a second. Medicare charges a penalty if you don't take Medicare when you're eligible for Medicare and mm-hmm. if you don't have comparable coverage. So I'm not talking to people who are still working and have group coverage. I'm not talking about that person. I'm just talking about someone who's 65, they get their A&P and they never bother to do anything else because they just think they're fine. There are consequences to that. So please be careful. Prescriptions are accessible during certain timeframes of the year, prescription plans. So if people miss the boat and they don't do it, they'll be like, oh, well, can I get it now? And they may hear no. One quick last note on, on that. My dad was a prime example. He had no prescriptions didn't need anything. He was on aspirin and some vitamins right, and right. that that was about it until he had, you know, an event towards the, the last, I guess it was last year of his life and needed a, a heart medication. Eloquence. That cost us, I, my, my mom had prescription supplement. My dad did not because he had the VA and he thought the VA would be there for them. Oh. The VA the VI is a very difficult system to work through on a timely basis. So that's that should be another show that I'll get Absolutely. to. Absolutely, yeah. But the the pill costs a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You're kidding me!" I mean, that prescription was crazy. And as much as we tried to fight through the VA system, the VA is is great in many cases, but they are also really good at denying because they don't want the expense themselves. And you have to learn to to be a real, you know, B I T C H at times and an advocate. Well, people have to understand also, and I help. I mean, I help those who can, you know, they'll say, I get my VA, you know, I have my VA benefits. First of all, people need to know that they have to sign up for them, right? Some people don't even know that. Second of all, what category of VA benefit do you qualify for? Mm -hmm. I know someone who thought um, his emergency room coverage would be there for him. And the VA denied the event because it wasn't technically attached to his time in the military. Or a hospital, or even they have um, uh, nursing care related type of facilities. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. It depends upon the situation. But that, uh, that I think would be an excellent show that we'll have to do in, in another time. And that's precisely the thing, whether you're going to the VA or you just don't get medications, you just don't think you need them. And then three years later, when you need one. I had a couple just really quickly where they were only on original Medicare. And my, my boyfriend's best friend, he said, I need you to help my parents. And I said, okay. And they didn't want, they, they didn't have medications through Medicare. They just had A and B. They didn't want anything else because they were scared of a late enrollment penalty. Well, this guy had heart problems. Mm. And I said it was during open enrollment, another feel good story. They're my friends now, but they were very defensive. She was 81. He was 80. And I said, please, you know, you do you have any savings? Do you know what you're you don't qualify for state Medicaid? Do you have assets? Do you know the risk you're on? Oh, yes, we do, dear. And we're fine. And I said, look, let me make you a deal. I put the wife on a product that's MA only. 
So there was no medication attached, therefore no late penalty for her because mm-hmm. she really objected to it. But I got her a cap on her medical expenses. So it's a product. It's called an MA only plan, Medicare Advantage only. No prescriptions are on that policy. So for those who have a late penalty or go to the VA, they don't feel the need for prescriptions. But I said, I will do that for you. She doesn't. She was very clear. She's not going to take any kind of medication. I said, but for your husband, I really want him on a Medicare Advantage prescription drug plan, like now. Right, because of his condition. Right. So lo and behold, she agreed. They agreed. Two months later, he was put on Eliquis, which cost him $45 on the Advantage plan and would have cost them $850 a month had they not listened to me. And that was satisfying. Now I'm their granddaughter, you know, now now I'm like, you know, they're like, when are you coming out to the coast? When are we making you breakfast? Right. And it's very satisfying to do that. You're really working in the right way. You're working for someone's best interests because stuff happens, you know, these things happen suddenly. We don't expect them because we've been healthy all our lives or our parents have been healthy all their lives. And, and there are different, I'll call it step downs that happen over time that we may or may not be ready for. But thank yeah. you, Wendy. This has been this oh, has been terrific. So and um, thank you, Nancy. I maybe I'll just have to give uh, my brother Tom Selleck a call. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how fortunate he is. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um, no, it's a pleasure to be here and blessings and hoping everybody's healthy. And and I will just say, as an agent, people say, "Well, what do you do?" And I'm like, I what don't I do? Right before this phone call, someone called me and said, Wendy, I, I need to get a, uh, I need to talk to the insurance company. I'm going to see my daughter and CBS won't give me my medication until I get a vacation override. She just was like, what is that? How do I do that? I don't know how to, you know, and I said, let's call the company. Agents get a bad rap when they, they shouldn't necessarily. There are good, good folks. And we're here to provide customer support. And I guess I just want to say insurance companies rely heavily, heavily on the independent broker to pick up the phone, answer the phone and be responsive to the consumer and give help. Not just the transaction in the sale of the product, but the everything that happens in between. If you have a good relationship with somebody, it should be that way. Absolutely. You know, I'm paid. I'm, I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm paid all year long to help you. I get a commission all year to provide you support. That's why it's a good system. So I encourage people to look at that. Find the right local person in your community. They can do a lot for you. Somebody that you trust, that you're they're comfortable with, is well-educated and, and knows what's going on in your your life because you'll share that with them. You get have to get very personal in many cases. But thank you, Wendy. This has been terrific. Yeah, you know, put some information about Wendy in the show notes. So you've got if you've got questions, you can certainly reach out to her. Oh, absolutely. But in the meantime, just know that it's not a, a pitch for, you know, solicitation. I just want to Oh, not at all. Yeah, not at all. It's a pitch for people taking care of themselves. Yeah, and right? that's that's I what want- we really want in, in this show and, and in other shows is good information and good resources and a few laughs along the way because it doesn't right. have to be doom and gloom. You know, like I said, Tom and Henry are my 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 new family members and they don't even know it. 
Right. And and also on that note, take your time. I don't do one call closes. I meet someone, we ultimately talk probably about five, six, seven times. If somebody is pressuring you to make a quick decision, it's probably the wrong decision. It's probably not the right person for me. Certainly, I would never do that. I mean, I wouldn't want to work with that person. And I don't operate that way. And a lot of people don't. It's a long-term relationship. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate your time and your energy. It's a lot. It was really fun. Take care. Bye-bye. Great to be here. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021, Caremanity, LLC.